0: Hello and welcome to a product of Proverbs. I'm Joshua Fowler, the host of this podcast, in which I sit down with my co-host and dad, Reverend Roy Fowler, to discuss life and how to navigate through the ups and downs. This podcast is all about sharing wisdom, with thus looking at the book of Proverbs as our roadmap on how to live a healthy and fulfilling life. My father, who has been in the ministry for nearly thirty years now. Will provide listeners with the in-depth explanation of the biblical principles, while I'll apply these principles to the real-life situations that many of us millennials face on a daily basis. Please follow us on Instagram at a product of proverbs, and if you like this podcast, share it with anyone that you feel it may help. With that being said, let's get into today's show. What's going on, Dad? Uh, not much, Josh. How about you? All right, man, living the life. I really enjoyed last week's episode. We exposed that reading is one of our favorite pastimes, one of our shared pastimes, as we're not big on sports. You know, I don't watch football. I halfway watch basketball. I watch soccer some, and you'll never catch me watching baseball on TV. I'll go to an in-person game. But I will sit down and read a book, if you haven't. I would check out that episode as a lot of what we shared in that episode actually applies to what we're going to talk about in today's episode. As we said at the end of last week's episode, this week's episode is going to be about discipline. Having discipline to see through your goals. Having self-discipline to apply what you learn in the books you read, the conversations you have with the people that help you grow, And having the discipline to take that new information and actually apply it to your life. As always, we're going to start off today's podcast with the proverb, but not as always, we actually have two proverbs. I have one of my own proverbs on discipline and my dad actually had one as well. So he'll let you go first.
1: Okay. The one I have was Proverbs 13 and 18 and in the King James, it says poverty And disgrace comes to those who ignore discipline. But the ones who accept correction will be honored. And the New Living Translation says it like this. If you ignore criticism, you will end up in poverty and disgrace. If you accept it, you will be honored.
0: Mine is a little different tone to it, but it's Proverbs 12 and 1. says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but whoever hates correction is foolish. A couple different translations say that differently. One of my favorite was the one that said, whoever hates correction is stupid. And I liked yours because discipline is taking criticism, taking constructive criticism through others. So having the energy to understand that you're not perfect.
1: Yeah, and one of the things too, dealing with that, what we're talking about is the benefits that's stated in our Proverbs, especially in the one 13 and 18. It says, if you disregard it, you'll come to poverty and shame. But if you heed it, you will be blessed or honored. So it tells you right there, the benefits of discipline. One of the things that I hear people uh, say all the time, that I don't have the discipline. Well, you might not have the discipline. But listen, if you don't move past that excuse, and that's all it is, this Proverbs tells us right here that you're going to come to poverty and shame. So that's not a good
0: excuse, you know. That's really a cop-out. There is no excuse that's a good excuse. I get in this conversation all the time. Because if you pledged, you've lived a time period of your life in which there was no excuse for anything. I don't know how long your process may be, but generally for around two months, you can't say, but. You can't say, but I had this, or, but I had to do that, but I felt like this there is no valid excuse. You live knowing excuses are tools of the incompetent. You just get the job done no matter what the job is. After you've lived like that for eight weeks, you can't revert back to making excuses because you know, wow, I just went two months without making an excuse for anything. My schoolwork, my fraternity work, my, the social aspect of it, like, I couldn't make an excuse, I followed all these rules, I went through all of this, I did all of this stuff without making excuses. This little bitty thing in life, I can't even fix my lips to say an excuse for that. So to bring it back to last week's episode and about reading, we listed off some books people can read to help understand the journey in life, to help understand business, to help understand how to manage your personal finances. What are some things people can put into their life that helps them apply the information they learn. Even outside of reading, you know people go to church and hear a great message. What is it that they can do to help them take that great message and apply it to their life on Monday? Hear it on Sunday, apply it on Monday.
1: One of the things I think would be great if people would not think that it doesn't apply to them. I hear people all the time say, that's a great message, so-and-so should have heard it. Are you saying this because I already have this? Are you saying that because it was great to you and you, won't, you think somebody else need to hear it? Well, I would encourage you to, in your own life, this is a, a part of discipline, Is when you hear something, be it a good message or just a good word from anybody, then make note of it. I hear a lot of good things from you, and I can't say, man, so-and-so need to hear that. I needed to hear that. And then I need to be humble enough to take that. Humility is the key. I got to be, you know, I can't say, he can't tell me nothing. No, I got to be humble enough to say, wow, that's a good lesson. That's a good message. How can I apply that to my life to make me better? Then you gotta list things. You gotta have a plan. So you list out some practical ways you can apply that and then
0: do it. And I think it's really as simple as that. It goes down to where it starts at the humility. Every episode I gotta do it so we can, you know it. We gotta take it back to Nip, man. RIP to Nipsey Hustle as always. But think about how many lessons are learned through his music, but some people won't even listen to the CD. That's a gangbanger. So your high horse wants to look down on them and miss out on the community empowerment that they're preaching. But like you, you said, I listen to Nipsey. When I sent you the songs, you listened to it. You could have been in pastor mode and said, oh, I'm not listening to no rapper, no rap music. I heard an F word on there. Like, I can't listen to that. But... You listen to it, and no matter who the messenger was, you got the message.
1: And that's the key. It's not the messenger. It's the message. And we have a gentleman at our church. He's 90 years old, and he's always said that. He said, a drunk can tell you not to drink, and you ought to listen to him because he knows. But he said, what we'll do, we'll say, oh, you can't tell me nothing. You're just a drunk. That's wisdom. We've, we just think we're better than people. And I tell you, you're not better than anybody. Nobody's better than anybody else. I got a big problem, that's one of my soapbox things, because I have a problem with that pharisaical spirit and attitude. I don't like that, I never did, and I never will. I'll never forget early on in my life, it was a person that was one that others would really look down upon and he told me something and I received what he said because it was true and it was right and he was spot on and it didn't matter where he was or who he was the message was a good message and you've got to be willing to hear the right message from anybody
0: like you said nobody's better than anybody and. The only people that feel an immense need to be better than others are the people that feel like others are better than them. Like that inferior spirit and the feeling of feeling inferior makes you look up to others. And then because you spend so much time looking down on yourself and looking up to somebody else, you just want someone else to look up to you like you look up to them. So we got to get that hierarchy-based approach, like, out of our mind. We're all equal. Like, we're all the same. It's not one of those things where we're on separate teams. We're fighting each other. No, we're all on the same team. Nobody is the captain of this team. We're all teammates. And and that really goes back to our community episode, you know, like when we were talking about yeah that corporation versus sole proprietorship mentality where it's like everybody can come on. And we can build a much bigger boat that can go a lot farther than if I build this boat by myself for just me. Yeah. And I think about it. But no, I think you got to have the humility to understand discipline. If you're too good and you don't feel like rules apply to you and you don't feel like the normal steps of life and the steps of growth have to apply to you, then you won't practice or experience discipline. That just won't be something that is important to you or sits on the front of your priority list. The front of your priority list will be acknowledgement. The front of your priority list to be recognition, where it should be knowledge and understanding. Right. So, yeah, I guess that answers the question of what can you do to implement these principles and the new information that you learn into your daily life? You got to be humble enough to realize, I have room for improvement. Right. And whether it be an autobiography, a self-help, a finance book, whatever happens to show you how you can improve in that room for improvement, you kind of got to grab onto that and ride with that. You can't ignore it. And
1: I think people feel that if they just ignore something, then it's okay. But to ignore it does not make it okay. Acknowledge it. Because if it's a discrepancy, you don't want to accept it. You want to improve it. Yeah. But you got to acknowledge it. And I think we have a problem with telling ourselves. You mentioned earlier that we look down on ourselves. And maybe the will to fight and live got us to this place where we built such a wall that we won't listen to anybody else. But we need to listen to somebody. And as you mentioned, what can we do? First of all, I would encourage everyone to understand that we all can be better at about everything we are doing. Just about everything we're doing, we can do it better. So acknowledge that first off and be humble enough to admit that. And it's okay, right? It's okay. Because we recognize that now, and we're going to do better. We're going to improve. That's the discipline part of it. We see it, but you got to not get bogged down in what has been, right? And what you got to do is move towards what is to be. So you decide what steps you can take. Now, you might not can take giant steps. Take little steps, but take steps. I think that's the key. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by where we want to go. But you need to understand, you're going to get there one step at a time. It's not one giant step. It's just one step at a time. But you got
0: to make those steps. I looked up over here the definition of discipline. Okay. So discipline as a noun is an activity or experience that provides mental or physical training. It's an experience that's training and building up your mind and or your body to handle whatever life is going to throw at both of those. Because as we know over time, we're just training through discipline. We're training that up almost like working out. So practicing discipline makes your discipline stronger. Practicing anything else is going to make you better at what you're practicing. So it's the same for discipline. So for those people that you were talking about earlier that say, I just don't have any discipline. Don't try to go to the gym and put on 45s and then go do bench press. Put the 10s on the bar. Practice a little discipline. Then you can grow up into the 25s and then 45s. Then you can start putting plates on. But if you go and try to show extreme discipline, that's just like going to the gym and trying to bench press 225 pounds. And you ain't bench pressed anything since you were 16 years old. The bar is going to fall. It's going to cave your chest in. And then you're going to go back out the gym and you're not going to want to work out anymore. So the smarter thing to do or the brighter way to handle that is to treat it like working out. Set small discipline goals that, that can help you along the way. The verb definition of it is to train oneself to do something in a controlled and habitual way. That training isn't something that just happens on the fly or willy-nilly. Right. Like You have to be intentional about training and building up the discipline in your life. And it's habitual. It's not something that you're going to do once and then you're done training from now on. It's something that you're going to have to do every day. Consistency. Consistency. It's a habit. Consistency and humility are... Two key words. Consistency, humility, and patience seem to be kind of repeating themes through life as I grow up. Just like you got to be patient and wait. You got to be humble and realize that... You got to be patient and wait. (laughs) Yeah, like... You got to be humble and realize that You do have to be patient and wait because you can't just get what you want when you want it. It's not snap your fingers, it appears. Then you got to be consistent in that patience. Like you can't be patient for two weeks and then blow it. Then you might as well have not even been patient. You have to be consistently patient and consistently humble. And then you'll reach your prize at the end. And I got to say this because of who I am.
1: If you do do the two weeks and blow it, get back up and start over again because failure is not fatal. We thank God that we have another chance. You know, we have another opportunity. If it don't kill you, then get up and keep moving. And that's the key. Now, if you feel that you can't do it, I got a verse for you, a Bible verse that I want you to remember. It's Philippians 4 and 13. And it says this, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I want everybody to remember that verse. It's Philippians 4 and 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength.
0: So I know this is going to be tricky because it's not really a sermon recap, seeing that you haven't preached it yet. But we do have the message that you're going to be bringing that we like to share with the listeners.
1: Okay. Well, I don't normally do this, but uh, we're going to do it this time. It's it's real interesting when we do the recap in that after I prepare a message and then preach it, I always sit around and think about it. And I think about some things I could say or should say and what I could have done to make it clearer to the people. And that's kind of what I like to do. So it kind of lines up with the discipline and the challenges of discipline and the transformations we want to make in our life. This comes from the book of Jude. The 24th verse. And it simply says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So we talked earlier about the challenges of discipline and acknowledging shortcomings and seeing the changes that need to be made and the challenges for them. And I gave you a verse, I think it was Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, this is another verse that speaks to the fact that God is able to keep you and to present you. And what I'm going to talk about is the fact that the God that is able. And he said he is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. Ephesians 3 and 20, King James Version say, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power That worketh in us. So it's already in you. So I just want you to understand that God, the God that is able will keep us. But he's going to keep us by what he's already invested and put in us. Ephesians 3 tells us that it's according to the power that worketh in us. That he's going to accomplish these. So we can trust him to do for us the things that we need done in our lives And he's going to give us, he's already given it. But we need to recognize that what he's already given us is what he's going to use to accomplish through us the things designed for us. So when we talk about the God that is able, the first thing I want you to know, that he's able to save you completely. Uh, He's not partial in what he does. Hebrews 7 and 25, therefore he is able to save completely completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. So he's able to save. Second thing I'm going to talk about, and I want to mention to you, is that not only is he able to save, he's able to supply your every need. Philippians, again, 4 19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So those two things alone should encourage you. The fact that he can save and he will. And it's his desire too, And that he will supply your every need. He will take care of you. So he is the God that is able, number one, to save you. Number two, to supply your need. Number three, he's able to deliver you. Psalms 50 and 15. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. So he's able to to deliver you from whatever you're going through. And how does he do that? And what does he ask of you? Call upon him. So what I want to tell you to do, if you find yourself in a situation needing help, call on God. How do you call on him? Through prayer. Not only is he able to do that, but number four, and this is the last one I'm going to talk about, is he's able to carry you through whatever you're going through. Philippians, again, 1 and 6. And I am sure of this, that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he's going to carry you through uh, whatever he's bringing you to. One thing you can count on, we're safe and secure because God loves us. He loves us no matter who we are and no matter where we are. Second thing, God will not turn his back on you. You don't have to worry about God. Man will turn his back on you. We turn our back on each other. But we can rest assured God will not turn his back on us because he's committed to us. We have a God that is really concerned about us. So I don't want any of you to give up on God
0: because God has not given up on you and he won't do it. And I think that's the perfect place for us to wrap up today's episode. Uh, This is Discipline, a product of Proverbs. Episode 8 is now in the books. I mean, we swish it up on y'all this week. We came with two proverbs instead of one. (laughs) But as always, thank you, Dad, for joining me in this. It is my pleasure. And as always, thank you to the listeners because we're doing it for y'all. If you have enjoyed this show... If you enjoyed any of our previous episodes, we just ask that you share this with anyone that you feel might enjoy it or feel that it may help. Um, You guys are sharing us across the world. We've added another international listener. Okay. Outside of South Africa, we now have someone in Dubai. Wow. Listening to the podcast. So we're slowly but surely getting out there. And it's all thanks to you. So keep listening and we'll keep providing this content that you love. And with that... Another episode in the books.